From the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode. Episode. What kind of accent is that? It's like Phil Kogan from The Amazing Race. Episode. Anyway, another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Hi there. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Oh, coming out more than bi-weekly-ish now, right? Coming at you twice a week. Got the Tuesday podcasts, the Friday morning lives at 1030. Coming at you full force now here on Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. My co-host today for today's episode is the digital marketing manager at Nielsen Automotive Group. And he's an Xperia marketer. More about that later on. Colin Carasquilla is on the show today as my co-host. And our guest has done something very impressive. She has brought her BMW store's TikTok following to 20,000. And as some of you who maybe listen regularly know, TikTok is like my nemesis. I'm trying to figure it out. What's going on? How can it benefit the automotive industry if it can at all? So Josie Vaccaro is the e-commerce and customer service coordinator at BMW Newmarket. Good morning, Josie. Thanks for joining us. I took a look uh, yesterday. Uh, you know, we talked yesterday, kind of a pre-interview, and I went on uh, the TikTok and checked out, I call it the TikTok because I'm old and out of touch. Um, like the Google. Yeah, like the Google. <laughs> so I went on uh, yesterday and I and I checked it out. Uh, and it, it's awesome. There's a wide variety of videos up there. How did you... How did the development of the type of content you were going to post start? Did you start with, okay, we're going to do, you know, ABC or did it kind of happen organically as you started posting things and seeing what was getting views? How did that process work for you? Sure. So I started to showcase cars that I thought maybe people would be interested in and I would just kind of take random clips. Um, my videos are very organic. The ones that I've tried to actually like plan and edit videos, I feel like those ones there's they don't do as well. TikTok kind of relies on that unpredictability, and I think that's what consumers want, right? They want to know what's going to happen next or what am I watching, right? The beauty about TikTok is that it's only 15-second clips, and it's it keeps playing next after next, so you don't actually know what you're going to be looking at next. So you have about five seconds to grasp that your customer's attention on, like, if this is something that they want to watch or if they want to watch more of your videos, so I took it upon myself to really uh, creatively design, like if I take a little image of, or a video of people moving the cars out of the, out of the showroom, that's how it started is they were moving a Z4 out of the showroom. And I was like, you know what? This is a really nice car. I think this would, people want to see this. And then I just added it, um, a really popular song that was at the time. And it, actually got some traction and I, I was really surprised and I'm like wow at least 200 people wanted to watch my video right so that's how it all started and then I got inspired to add our staff get them involved and have them participate because I wanted to kind of showcase the daily life that we have going on here and have a personal relationship built with the people who are viewing our videos and us so I, I actually did a video and I encourage people to get involved so one of the things that 
I did, one of my strategies was I had every Tuesday, I would say, guys, I'm going to do Taco Tuesday video. I'm going to go and buy tacos. Who's involved? Like, who wants to be a part of it? So they would participate, and I would give them free lunch, right? So that's how I encourage people to get involved and to be a part of our videos and make them dance in front of the camera. <laughs> I mean, that, that video has almost 5,000 views on it, which is fantastic. And no better way to get people involved than bribing them with food, right? I mean, come <laughs> exactly. on, that's what it comes down to. Hey, you want a, a incentive and you know monetary bonus? No, no, no. Just give me a Dunkin' Donuts gift card or some free tacos, and they'll do exactly yeah. what you want. So, um, speaking of which, though, actually, you know, I was I took some notes. I got deep, deep, deep into the BMW New Market TikTok last night, and you know, you had mentioned, hey, two hundred people had seen your video. Well, how about this? I mean, I'm sure you know better than anyone else, but you had a 2020 BMW M4 coupe video on there, uh, mm -hmm. which ended up garnering 43,000 likes. Okay, 43,000 for all those listening out there. 43,000 likes, uh, 159 comments, and then over 280,000 plays. So to me, you know, that's pretty insane when you end up looking at you know the platform in its simplicity, and then what you were able to garner with that. So you know, my question becomes, and I know we had discussed this in our you know brief interview yesterday, but insight for dealers and how they take action on that. You know, are you reaching out to the people, the 159 comments that might be on there? And I'm sure there's a lot of fire emojis and hey, that's really cool. But are you taking that then as the e-commerce director and reaching out to these people and saying, hey, would you be interested in coming in for a test drive? Or how are you trying to utilize what you're doing, uh, not just in a branding aspect, but to try to generate some sales for the store? Is that something that you're still working on? Of course, of course. So the beautiful thing about is that it, it's an app that can or um, a tool that can provide videos to use across platforms so what I do is uh, I take the video from TikTok and I'll post it to our Facebook our Instagram and my LinkedIn right that's where you came across and saw some of my videos there right. and it just brings awareness so that's my primary goal is to uh, promote our BMW dealership in, in new market and also create awareness as we exist there and I have the link for our website. I do get requests sometimes for people to um, ask me how much a car is or to work out a quote for them or to connect them with someone at our dealership, which I do. Normally they do that through the DMs and that has been successful and it is gaining a lot more traction. But what I find really satisfying to me is when I see the same people that are following us on TikTok on our Instagram account. Right. And that's where I'm actually spending a lot more time. I'm, I'm showing the store and our, our stories and I'm gaining a real, on a personal level with our customers, they get to know us better, right? I can answer their questions. I ask for their email address. I reach out to them that way as well. And uh, we go from there. But the one thing I find with TikTok is that it's international. So not everybody's local. So it's not like I can just invite somebody in to our dealership. And it's still good because it puts us on the map. It sounds like you're almost moving them down the funnel to a certain extent. Like TikTok is sort of, they're in TikTok. Anybody could be watching from anywhere. Maybe maybe a possible custom, customer, maybe not. They're there for the entertainment value. And if it's a local person who is a customer, they're almost, you almost move them down to Instagram where the talk becomes less about 
the entertainment part of it and more about possible conversion as a customer. I hadn't thought about it that way. That's an interesting way to, interesting way to look at it. It, it. it sounds like for TikTok, and this is kind of what I suspected without having ever gotten, gotten involved in it, is that it's not a direct sales tool. It's more of a, I call it relational. I call the, I, I, without getting into the whole thing, I look at uh, advertising as relational or transactional. And from a transactional standpoint, you're talking about somebody, you're talking to somebody who's at the purchase level. You're hitting them up on SEM, they're looking at lease specials, that kind of thing. And then there's the relational, which is kind of starting the relationship. You're talking to, you're showing them content that isn't priced based at the transaction level. And this is for sure relational, which is good for getting you guys out there. And if some people fall down to the transactional level, then that's just, that's just, uh, you know, that's a, a benefit of it. Have you had to spend any money, uh, producing, getting, um, the music is, you know, is free on TikTok, right? There has, there's been no cost associated with this for you guys, right? You had to buy tacos. Come on, Matt. You the, had tacos. To buy the tacos. Tacos are, expe- <laughs> That's tacos are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as it. How important is it to have uh, buy-in from management? Like, okay, so you're spending time on, from your job, and I'm assuming the TikTok isn't the primary part of your job. So you're mm-hmm. spending time on this. How important is it for your managers to believe in the value of it for your store to let you spend time working on it? My, my, I get a lot of support from my management team and I even get them involved. They're in our videos and they see the value in it. And, you know, it's not at our management level at our dealership. You know, I get so much support, but also it goes beyond that. It's our other stores that we have uh, through the Delari group that we promote this participation in social media and promotion promoting your own brand. Yeah. And it's important how a lot of that stuff, it has to come from the top. Otherwise you're, you're, you're kind of stifling the process. If it's not coming from corporate or from a person who runs the dealership, um, it's hard to kind of spread your wings with these kind of things. So it's nice to hear that your group is encouraging uh, of that. So speaking of the encouragement, Josie, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about was how, because for one, I think that this is great and a lot of dealers can benefit from not just utilizing a platform like TikTok, but thinking about all the other platforms that Matt had mentioned. So, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I mean, these are all platforms that you can use organically, meaning you don't have to spend any money on or you can buy people tacos and kind of incentivize them to use, you know, the platforms, which is great. Uh, you keep the costs low for dealers that would be interested in doing something like that. How is your dealership going about choosing your social media champion? Okay. And how are you and your dealership group holding those people accountable, you know, to ensure that they are representing the brand as, you know, the management team would want the brand to be represented and doing right by the business. How, how are you guys doing that? Of course. So the Delari group encourages everyone to gener- generate content for social media. Um, we find that it's not every, everyone's area of expertise. So we get stores to identify the individuals who excel in social media. Um, this results in being able to create a team of 18 to 20 people in Ontario alone um, from different departments within the stores to come together to be social media champions. So in terms of uh, holding people responsible and keeping it to the brand, everything is being monitored because we do share and we support each other and we encourage uh, quality videos 
that really strives to get our message across, which is, you know, we are professionals, we are an automotive group, but we really want you to know who we are and why you should buy from us. Sure. So I guess to, to extrapolate on that, um, is this so everyone's utilizing the main business account or do people have their own business accounts that they then are linking back to the dealership or do you guys utilize a form of both maybe? Uh, it's a form of both. So mm-hmm. for me, uh, I actually would manage the Instagram account, the Facebook and on top of that, the TikTok account. Uh, but we also have a regional office that has access to this as well. And that is more or less your uh, digital marketing team, which has the regular posts okay. across the board that they post. Very cool. So it's up to us to kind of personalize it, you know, take pictures with customers and uh, post a delivery picture or tell people what strategies we're using to be successful. A lot of my colleagues, they're using LinkedIn, they're using Instagram, they're using Facebook to be so successful. And our dealership just happens to be TikTok, right? How long did it take, by the way, just to recap for everybody who may be just joining us, we are talking to Josie Vaccaro. She's e-commerce and customer service coordinator at BMW Newmarket in Canada. I love talking to people from Canada. My co-host is Colin, digital marketing manager at Nielsen Automotive Group. And uh, Josie's BMW store has 20,000, over 20,000 followers on TikTok. How long, this is a two-part question, how long from starting your uh, TikTok efforts before you noticed that, oh, this is cool. We're getting some traction here. And then how long till you hit your 20,000 milestone? Sure. I can walk you through a timeline. So we started in September of 2019. And that was, I was posting maybe once or twice a month at that point. Uh, I wasn't gaining too much traction, but I did see the value there. Um, It was after I attended one of our our Raptors game, I believe it was one of the pre- pre-playoff games um, and I was inspired by a song and I said you know what this is a really catchy song and I can really picture envision my team together doing a video with this song so the next day it was uh, you know Saturday morning and we had to shovel snow off the cars and I thought this is a great opportunity so I took advantage of it and I asked them to do a little dance in front of uh, you know it was very organic but I kind of forced uh, for some people but I just took a quick little 15 second clip video and that actually took off. People were really surprised that, wow, people are looking at us cleaning off snow off cars, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was something that was very unpredictable, but you know, it actually gained a lot of um, popularity. How important is frequency? Like you can come up with a clever, it's easy to come up with one clever idea and mm-hmm. make a post on social media and then wait six weeks till the next clever idea hits you. How important is the frequency at which you guys have been doing it? I think it's important to be consistent. Um, that way you stay relevant, you stay fresh, you gotta stay on top of trends as well. There's a lot of challenges that actually are, are on TikTok that actually will help you if, if your goal is to gain a lot of followers or gain a lot of views start like jump on a trend, right? You're going to get a lot more views. So for me, it's more like come see the world that we live in at BMW Newmarket and meet the people that we have here. Is there anything that you got that you're, that you have in the hopper that you're thinking, Oh, this might be uh, an idea for a video, or this might be something that we haven't tried yet that we want to try. 
I, I'm not too sure what we want to do next. I know I wanted to do something for our 20,000, uh, hitting our milestone of 20,000 mm -hmm. followers, but I'm not too sure exactly what that's going to look like yet. Normally, they random these ideas randomly come to me, mm -hmm. and I just act them out. And it's hard to get everybody on board as well and have some time for that, but all, I want to do that. All my ideas for, I used to be the marketing director at a group, um, all my ideas for whether it was marketing plans, media plans, social posts, usually like TV commercials, all those ideas came to me either in the shower, too much information, or when I was driving, where I have no place to write things down. So I would get to the office and the owner at one of the stores, like my home base store, I would say, Todd, I was in the shower this morning and I had a great idea for our next TV spot. And he'd be like, really, dude, you could have started that conversation with, I had a really good idea for our next TV spot. But that's when all the ideas come to me. When do you, when do you think of your stuff? Just randomly pop into your head? They randomly pop into my head. I'll be at the store. I'll, I'll see an opportunity as in, you know, they're moving a car out of the showroom or a, a new car just landed and they're moving it. And I'll say, hold on, let me grab my camera. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I just go from there. So it's very uh, last minute. And uh, I just I just see it, the opportunities as they come up. Sure. So I think that's actually the beauty. I'm sorry, Matt. Um, you know, the beauty of social Jump media, in. you know, we very active on LinkedIn, both Matt and I, we see that you're on there as well. And, and you see a lot of different agencies and companies. I believe it was ad week um, at one point had asked, you know, what have you learned about social media within the past three months? And a lot obviously is going on with COVID-19 and, and some political unrest and, and um, you know, all these things going on with these, you know, Facebook and these big corporate sponsors that are backing out of these different areas. A lot of that though, is you need to be on the pulse of what's going on right currently in the state of the union, whether it's the United States or up in Canada. I mean, so I like how you had mentioned that a lot of what you do is unscripted, but I also then on the other side would say, you know, do you think in some instance it's beneficial or would be beneficial to kind of put together a content calendar as you might for other social avenues. So, you know, okay, I need to post at X, Y, and Z, you know, these times um, around these holidays because it's relevant. Or do you think that that actually dilutes from the beauty of TikTok because TikTok is a very free flowing, expressive platform. And then my last thing for you would be, do you think that, um, you know, ultimately because of, what TikTok is and that free-flowing pl platform. How are you keeping a gauge on what the trends are? I mean, I swear, my girlfriend, she's she loves TikTok and she keeps trying me, you know, to get me to do dances with her. And I love dancing, but I just I haven't gotten there to be like, hey, I want to go viral on TikTok because I think I got pretty good dance moves. But the fact of the matter is, how do you keep track of all of those trends, you know, whether it's the different dances or, you know, what's going on? I mean, is that because you are more active on the platform, you think, or, or how, what's your process to stay on top of those things? Of course, I think traditional forms of having an event calendar and having scheduled posts works really well with Facebook. It works very well with Instagram and LinkedIn. But in terms of TikTok, uh, it's the unknown nature of what's going to come next or what's going to be trending sure. that keeps everybody wanting to stay relevant. 
what that does is it makes people open up their phones, you know, five, six, seven, eight times a day mm -hmm. to see, okay, what's going on right now, right? And you see kind of through there what's trending because what's trending on TikTok is way different from what's trending on, on Facebook or on Instagram. And I think it also adds, you know, uh, I think TikTok actually influences Instagram in a way in setting trends because there's the new songs, uh, new songs that come out and they take over all of our social medias on YouTube it becomes number one. Right. So like um, a lot of the Drake songs that he had video challenges to now they're very popular on TikTok, but also on YouTube and now on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in that order, it would be YouTube, TikTok, and then Instagram that would have that social media hierarchy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. You know, so you're using, you know, so you're using TikTok organically. You're not using like the advertising paid side of it. What kind of numbers, metrics are available to you through TikTok the way you're using it, if any? So uh, it would just be the regular ones that you see on our hmm. on our page, our landing page. I know that recently TikTok has changed and there are categories for businesses or for content creator. I did try to go into the category of a business, but it took away all of my ability to use popular songs. Oh, so I went and I put it through to uh, change the category to a content creator because I'm not selling. All I'm doing is I'm making you aware of this is what's going on here. Yeah, right? sure, not selling, sure. <laughs> right? The idea is that I'm showing you a car and maybe you'll want it, right? right? Or you'll have a comment about it or you'll share it to your friends and you'll know who BMW Newmarket is. So, I, you know, just I was did some research last night and noticed that a lot of the stores in your group, um, you guys have a lot of sort of higher end uh you know, uh, brands, Aston Martin, Audi, Bentley, BMW, you know, some high-end brands, but you have a couple of, uh, brands that are more, um, along like Hyundai and Honda and that kind of stuff. Do you think part of the TikTok success you guys are having is because BMW has such a loyal following across the country, your country, our country, um, as opposed to how it might work out for a more, you know, like a Hyundai or a Honda or a Nissan, some of it, the fact that BMW is such a popular brand? I think that part of it is true because uh, BMW customers are very loyal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they are the I, a really nice sports car that a lot of people want to see, right? So even though it's not the, the regular customer that is viewing this, let's say it's not a BMW customer, it could be a Honda driver, right? People who drive Kias, it doesn't matter really what brand people drive, but it's really nice to uh, look at vehicles. And it's just like going to the auto show, right? Yeah, It's yeah. seeing the car without actually having to be somewhere. You know, I was thinking when we used to put videos on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot at my last group, we would see obviously a huge difference in a cool video about a, you know, GTR Nismo than we would about a, you know, Sentra two-wheel drive S model because the GTR is a hot car. Supercar people like that vehicle. Whether you're a guy who's going to be able to buy a $150,000 Nismo GTR or not, it's a car that you 
like to watch videos on you. One of those cars you might dream about. And I think BMW, uh, you know, probably BMW, Mercedes, Bentley, Maserati all have that similar sort of brand. Um, people dream of, of, of those things. So I'm, I'm sure that part of your success probably is the fact that you're, you're, you're at a brand that has, you know, mass appeal in terms of, man, I'd love to own one of those someday. A lot of people probably won't. I'm not going to be able to buy a BMW anytime in the near future. But if you're into BMWs, there's collectors and enthusiasts and fans and people who will watch those videos. I, um, I'd be interested to see, and maybe Colin, we'll talk about this uh, maybe in another episode. Um, but you and I have more experience in uh, more mid-level brands. So I wonder if there's a way to translate some of that success to, uh, you know, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, Honda type uh, manufacturer. Yeah, listen, I think, you know, you, you bring up a very good point about the brand. Absolutely. I think um, a lot of those brands, the tier, you know, those luxury brands, right, are, are aspirational vehicles. So mm-hmm. someone says, hey, that's a really nice car. Of course, you're always going to want the brighter, redder, faster Ferrari, right? Or you're always going to want a nicer vehicle than you drive. So I love that, you know, about the fact that you are leveraging that brand, which is a great brand to do that. But for one, you know, we want to commend you on the fact that you actually took the initiative to do it, regardless of what the brand is. I think that that's really cool because you're probably one of the first movers. And, you know, I don't speak for everyone, but in the space, I haven't really seen many other dealerships uh, for that matter that have said, hey, this is how successful we've been on TikTok. So kudos to you. Um but yeah, Matt, to, to bring it up, I mean, there are brands, for example, we have uh, three Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram stores, you know, the, they came out with last year, the Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk, it's yeah. an 800 horsepower Jeep. So there's a lot of novelty behind a lot of those vehicles, a Dodge Challenger, you know, SRT, or a Hellcat, or the Demon. I mean, when they brought out these things, which are these excessively fast vehicles, but there are buyers for them. I think you can absolutely leverage it. Uh, Chevy was the new Corvette. I mean, it all comes down to whatever. It's probably a vehicle in the lineup, but you can absolutely Mm -hmm. leverage it. But yeah, I'd love to talk about that in the future. Um, One of the things that I was really thinking about, and you know, Josie, I want to know your opinion on this. So for me, we know that the demographics for uh, TikTok, it gauges younger. So I believe it's 18 to 24 years of age is like the sweet spot of who's on TikTok. Um, and then there is a, a percentage, and I just saw this on the news the other day. It was very interesting how this worked out. I was going to be talking to you, and then it was on the news. But then there's a percentage, I think it was like 15% of the users are over the age of 35, actually. Really? So I don't know. I'm, I'm not in between either of those. I'm 28, so I'm kind of like in that you know purgatory area, if you will, but the fact that there's 35 or 15% of the people granted it's a small number or 35 years of age or older. And then the majority are 18 to 24. Do you think that, you know, it could be someone who is viewing this BMW as an aspirational vehicle who might be 18 to 24 and still uh, has mommy and daddy there with them to say, Hey, uh, you know, either you guys should buy this car or let me show you something I saw on TikTok or, you know, mommy, I've been very good lately. I've gotten great grades in college, you know, for my first vehicle. Can I get a BMW? Um, do you think that that could play a role or, or absolutely impacts what you're doing? Of course. I think the younger generation who might just be getting into buying a new car, I think it's a great thing for them to see our brand on social media, on TikTok, because it it gives them an idea 
if they want to aspire and have goals to maybe one day own a BMW. Sure. Right? And maybe their parents also would like to know what the new models are or what the capabilities are. Uh, I know potentially I will do a lot more educational videos as to the apps that are available on the vehicles and also all of the features. Uh, I, I take it that those videos will do better with the uh, growing um, demand for content that's for education purpose. And I think that that is the future of this because I've seen people who uh, uh, give you a 15 second clip into you know how to refinance a mortgage and those videos take off right so there is a growing need for education and I think it's being delivered in a way on TikTok that grasps people's full attention for the 15 seconds and you get your point across uh, Josie listen we really appreciate your time this has been uh a good discussion. I've learned a lot. I think there's some uh, great information in here that uh, our dealer uh, friends listening and our vendor partners who check out the show uh, could take away for sure. Um, I'm encouraging everybody to check out Josie's BMW stores, TikTok. It's BMW new market. It's and the, uh, the, what's the, oh, here you go. I don't know. You just search BMW new market on the TikTok, and, uh, and you can find it. Anything else you want to add, Colin? I mean, Colin, we'll stick around after, but anything, any other questions for Josie? So Josie, no, I mean, once again, thank you for being on the show. Uh, my last question, and it's almost like a little bit of homework. So I'm hoping we can stay You're in touch. You're giving her homework? I'm giving her homework, okay? Jeez. This is an educational show. Um, but so my homework for you, if you, I mean, listen, you don't have to do the homework. You'll still pass. It's fine. Uh, but it would be looking at your engagement on TikTok. And seeing if the people that are following you, right, out of your current followers, is it a lot of the same people? This would be very interesting to me. Is it a lot of the same people that are interacting or engaging with your posts? Or is it a smattering of a whole bunch of different people? Because my thought process is if it's a lot of the same people, that means that those are actually quite engaged, loyal people. And if they're people that have not bought from you, that could be someone who you can automatically move a little further down the funnel, even though you're not selling anything. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is you got to look at it in those terms of engagement. I mean, if there are people that, you know, let's say it was me, I've liked every single one of your posts. Well, mm -hmm. that means I'm an advocate for your brand. I know you guys exist. I think it's cool what you do. So that's, that's what I'd be interesting to see, interested to see is, is, what is that engagement like if it's a lot of the same people or if it's all different people? So very cool. So there's, there's your challenge. If you'll take it, <laughs> you don't have to send her some challenge yeah. challenge accepted. <laughs> send her some tacos, make it worth her while. There you go. That's all incentivize you by sending you some tacos. <laughs> Josie, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks great, so much. Great have job. A great day. Thanks, thanks, you, you too. There you go. And then she, there were two. She did great. Yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, that's such an awesome platform. You know, it's like uncharted territory. Uh, I think it's one of those things that people want to know more about it. 
yet dealers and advertisers in general are hesitant because one, they automatically know that this might not be the demographic that I want to target, right? Dealers are always looking for these people that are super low funnel that, you know, have this disposable income that they're ready to convert. But I think we'd be surprised and you might find out that there are individuals on the platform. Sure. 18 to 24, it's the Gen Z years. But the fact of the matter is 24 year olds could be looking you know, even younger, 22, 23, 24, could be looking for a first vehicle. Um, and the fact of the matter is they still have a tremendous amount of input on, I believe, a purchase decision for their families, right? So there's someone yeah. that would go talk to their parents and say, hey, did you see this car? Let me show you this TikTok. Uh, everyone knows about it. So I think that that's definitely something that could be very powerful moving forward. You know, for the and for those listening who uh, may have agreed with what we said about um, the, you know, the OEM and, and the brand, uh, you know, the, an, an aspiration car, as you called it being the only way to be successful on this, you made a good point is if you look within your model lineup, every brand probably has that car, like the GTR for Nissan or yeah. some souped up racing version of a civic for Honda talking yeah. about the Corvette for your Chevy, Chevy store. I mean, Jeep Wranglers, you have a couple, uh, CDGR stores, right? So Wranglers uh, have a loyal following. The Gladiator is new. Like you said, there's that new Grand Cherokee Trailhawk Rubicon speed thing out there. Those, those vehicles do have loyal followings. It doesn't just have to be Mustang fans or BMW or Mercedes advocates. Those other brands probably have a model that people seek out information on, right? Like Toyota has a Supra. That's right. I mean, that's, that's right. I think it really comes down to taking the model in the lineup, yeah, right. Or, or whatever it is, as you had specified and doing something creative with it. I think a lot of it, you know, why TikTok is the way it is. Like I said, it's a place for creativity. Uh, people go express themselves. You know, what's very interesting is we used to have this thing called Vine, right? I'm sure a lot of people yeah, yeah. remember Vine. So Vine, Vine to me was TikTok. I don't know why TikTok has become so much more successful when Vine basically was that. I think it is just the shift in the generations. Um, you know, Gen Zers now outnumber millennials. Originally, we were all concerned about millennials. I mean, I'm a millennial. We're still trying to target millennials for, you know, our advertising and things like that. But now it's Gen Zers are outnumber us. And the fact of the matter is, you know, sure, they might not be ready to purchase yet, but... I've always been a believer that the sooner you get in front of a person and you send them a relevant message or something that they're interested in and interact with, yeah. as long as it makes sense for you, listen, I'm not saying go spend a lot of money to try to get these people who might be very far up the funnel. But what I am saying is have fun creating content that you can put out there that not only resonates with those individuals, but can resonate and be leveraged on the other platforms. As Josie had stated, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you can put those videos on those platforms. Actually, even on TikTok, there was a Pinterest button. I mean, you know me, I'm the biggest Pinterest fan in the world. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is there's a Pinterest button off of TikTok. Really? So yeah, I mean, and it's just one of those things where create the video, leverage it on all these different channels. Next thing you know, you have all different demographics looking at it. So you have the youngsters in TikTok or Gen Z. You have millennial generation and, and uh, you know boomers and, and ab above that on Facebook now. You have business professionals of all different ages on LinkedIn. You have Pinterest, which we know the audience is primarily female, 80% female, uh, first 
families, right? Young mothers that are, that are on there. So I think it's just about what the content is ultimately and then disseminating it out to this, those different markets. But yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting. It's super interesting. One of the things that I think maybe Josie underplayed a little bit is the importance of support from upper management, right? And, you know, you think about it from, from the aspect of, I feel like in a lot of situations, there's probably managers, owners, executive managers, whoever it is, who their thought is probably just like, ah, it's a huge waste of time. And which will stifle the person who's handling its creativity and their ability to make it effective at all for the dealership, which then in effect makes it a waste of time. Um, But I think you have to let your people um, kind of stretch their legs a little bit and do it. And it sounds like her group, which who I had not heard of until yesterday in Canada, it seems like they're kind of like the Lithia of of uh, Canada land. And I did some research on their group. It looks like a fantastic group. It's family owned. It's not a big, you know, uh, stock market traded conglomerate. It's family owned. And it sounds like from the top, like the corporate level down to the level at the store, down to people who are, you know, the, the people who are doing the hard work like Josie supports that, which I think is super important for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, buy-in from the top is absolutely key. I mean, not even just on the social media side of things, but you know, with operations and yeah. uh, people bringing up ideas and ways to implement better processes at the dealership, it's definitely a top-down buy-in. And there needs to be uh, one, not only the buy-in, but holding the people accountable, um, which Josie had discussed, the social media champions, you know, putting together kind of guidelines on what these people need to do in order to go out and make sure that the content is within what the dealership is looking to actually promote. Um, you know, let me let me just pose this question to any dealers that might be listening out there um, or watching for that matter live. Wouldn't you want to put your brand out there in a positive light on these platforms that an audience is actively engaging that you don't have to spend any advertising dollars to actually get your message out there. All you're doing is you're supporting the creativity of your staff, which not only would probably make them happier because they think that you actually care now and are saying, wow, they're giving me creative liberty, but then you're supporting what they're doing. I think that just makes for a happier environment. And we know the battles that the automotive, you know, our industry is up against, not only from a consumer facing perspective, but even internally. You know, let's make the dealership a fun place to work. Let's support our staff because when you support your staff, they're going to do a better job for you. In the end, by them doing a better job for you, you're going to do a better, you're going to make more money. You're going to sell more cars. You're going to do all these things that you keep wanting to do. But then you're like, no, no, I don't want to do that. It's a waste of time or it's a waste of money. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe you need to give it a shot because the only thing that you risk is you do it and then it, it doesn't work. But what happens if you do it and then it does work? Right, exactly. Before we wrap this up and end the episode, let's just go back to one point that you made earlier. I want to talk about um, your dance moves. You said before that uh, your girlfriend is a TikTok user and has been encouraging you to be involved in her TikTok videos and you haven't done it yet despite having good dance moves. First of all, I mean, I don't know you that well, but we've talked quite a bit over the last few weeks. Dance moves wouldn't have been on the top three things I would have I'd used to describe you. Um, so is that true? Uh, and does your girlfriend agree with you? And when are we going to see them on TikTok? 
Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I thought this was going to be a challenge coming. You know, my girlfriend, if she's listening <laughs> right now, I'll be very, very happy that you've now goaded me into uh, saying, sure, I'll do a TikTok. So I think that's something that we can work on this weekend. Yes. And the dance moves are in fact true. Um, I can probably get you some footage for the next time that yeah. you, you bring me on the show from a Christmas party that we had had at the automotive group where I will in fact show you all the dance moves in that video. Um, I got my red velvet jacket on and my red velvet smoking slippers and I'm just gliding across the floor. So it's, it's true. I don't make that up. I take my dancing very seriously. I actually believe that if you send me that video, I could, uh, put that on our live broadcast here on restream. Right, right now? No, not right now. We don't have time now. We got to wrap it up. But I believe that next, I believe that if you send it to me next time, I can play that on the broadcast and it will work. I, I will, uh, I will show you that the industry, you know, at least what I like to do, you know, I like to work hard and I like to play hard. And I think that that's the mentality of a lot of dealers out there is we love, love. There's no, there's no problem in making money and making a profit. We right. love to work hard to do that. But then we also like to play hard and reward ourselves. So I think that's the happy balance. So yes, that, uh, that video I will get to you, and that's the epitome of work hard and play hard. Uh, we want to thank Josie, the uh, Josie Vaccaro, e-commerce and customer service coordinator at BMW Newmarket for uh, joining us today. I also want to thank uh, Restream, Restream.io. It's pretty cool. You can uh, stream live to 30-plus social platforms at once. So this is a podcast that usually comes out bi weekly ish um, on all the podcast formats, Apple, Google, Spotify, and all the other ones that are out there. Um, but because of Restream, we can live stream it on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, whatever that is. Uh, we're not on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn is an option. Uh, Daily Motion. There's 30 options, a lot of which I've never even heard of. They have all the good ones and a bunch of other ones that you can um, stream. Uh, a, a podcast, a video, a webinar. Uh, you can use it for your business to get your, your message out there to all your platforms at once. I mean, there's a million different uses for it. So check them out, restream.io, allowing you to stream 30 plus social platforms at once. You can follow them on Twitter at restream.io. Colin, I appreciate the co-host duties. How was your first co-hosting experience? Listen, like I said, man, I've, I've always aspired to be a superhero. So I guess to be your Robin to your Batman, I should say, is is great. And uh, maybe next time we'll have to wear costumes or something. But yeah, no, it was great. Uh, as always, Matt, I think the conversation is thought-provoking. Um, you know, we talk about mostly automotive marketing, mostly. Yeah. And um, the fact of the matter is I think that this is a great platform. Always happy to help out. And, uh, yeah, let's just keep it going. Hopefully you bring me back so you guys can see that dance move or, you know, the dance moves. And, uh, yeah, a, a big pleasure. Everyone check out TikTok and see if, for example, you are utilizing some other platforms. I just want to say this because I know, you know, Matt and I are always looking for, for content, right? So if you have cracked the code on yeah. TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitch. Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's mine to crack. So yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you have, reach out to Matt and or, or myself on LinkedIn. You can follow mostly automotive marketing. Uh, 
with Matt Wilson on Facebook. And I believe you want to just talk about your, the LinkedIn profile is the same, correct? Yes. Yes, it is. So mostly automotive marketing with Matt Wilson. Uh, go send him a message, follow him. We're trying to increase the listenership here because we have a message that we want people to hear and we want people to interact with this and, and you know, call in when you can and, and whatnot. So find us on LinkedIn and um, let's let's find something to talk about and keep experimenting. marketing. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Colin. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm going to have to hire Colin to be my PR guy. He does a better job of promoting the... Uh, the podcast than I do. Anyway, thank you for listening, joining us live. However, you are uh, checking out Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. I appreciate it. It's a bi-weekly-ish podcast, mostly about automotive marketing, which is, I mean, it says it in the name. I don't have to repeat it. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a great one. Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by... Wait, this guy has sponsors? Oh, never mind. This sheet of paper's blank. No sponsors. That makes more sense. For updates, info, future episodes, and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.